What's going on, people? And welcome to a brand new episode of Too Many Games and Not Enough time now i hope you're feeling the rebrand the new look yes we are putting some effort into the pod now if you're listening over at spotify or apple music make sure you come over to the youtube because the creator i've got today is the sickest and you want to see her yes you want to like that video and you want to drop a comment now on today's episode i have a video game content creator she is a youtuber she is a streamer she is a director you might know her from the girl games of lost media you see the documentary everywhere the mean girls it's on all of the profiles she's got big hair she's the robocop loving <laughs> retro playing that's so raven raven simone aka bob dunga welcome to too many games and not enough time hello mr midas i love the intro <laughs> thank you thank you firstly welcome um we're gonna get straight into it obviously raven simone that's the name but where does bob dunga come from like i've I've known about you for ages and it's been a question that's always been on my head. I'm always like, where has this name come from? <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot actually. <laughs> um, but it actually came from when I was like 14 years old and I think I, I just got the PlayStation 3 and I wanted to be a part of like the, the PlayStation Live network. So I wanted to disguise my identity because at the time, you know, if you were like like a kid or a girl on <laughs> on the live network, you'd either be asked to like make a sandwich or something, something else. So the name Bob Danga was more or less something to just disguise my identity. So nobody would know if I, you know, what I was online. <laughs> That's crazy. I thought it might be something to do with you was watching Bob the Builder and then outside you saw Dung Beetle and you was like, yeah, those two connect yeah. together really well. <laughs> well, funnily enough, the Bob comes from Bob from Reboot. So oh. it's got a little bit of a cartoon reference. Yeah. Oh, so that makes sense. Now, firstly, I really want to congratulate you on the success of the Mean Girls documentary. Like I've been aware of you for a long time and I think the content you do is great. And it's been so amazing like seeing it everywhere like um, news outlets reposting it and stuff like that how did it feel to just see that it's taken off like you've put in loads of work and I hate that whole thing of oh someone's just come from nowhere and blown up because you haven't I've seen <laughs> the groundwork and you've worked non-stop but how did it feel for it to become such a a, a success yeah, well, when I went into the documentary series, because the, the Mean Girls documentary was actually the first installment of docs that I wanted to start up because before that I was doing video game reviews and like retro analysis videos. So it was kind of like this big labor of love, love where it was more like a passion project. And then over time, it just became something bigger. So it was nice to see that like something that came from like a really good place and something that took a long time had like a very good payout at the end. It was nice because like I, I got to get connections with other people in the industry and I feel like it's helped my career in a lot of ways. So I think it's all been very positive. It's, it's amazing because like it takes a lot of work to do a documentary. It takes a lot of work <laughs> to do a normal YouTube video. Like, yeah, I, 
my background is TV. So I've always been in front of the camera. I do like all of the pre-production, writing scripts and stuff like that. But I haven't had to be an editor. And then when COVID yeah. happened, I literally had to record my own gameplay, edit it and stuff. And it is work. And your production level is amazing. So I'm really, really Thank pleased you. that it's been success. And just wanted to give you your flowers because you're great <laughs> at what you do. You feel me? Thank you. But let's talk some gaming. Cool. Yeah. Let's talk some gaming. So we're going to take it back. Yeah, me, we're going back to little Bob. Yeah, me, when Bob was a, a little one. You get me before you was wobbling. a dung Yeah, before you <laughs> was a dung beetle and them thing there. What got you into gaming? Um, I sort of just like grew up around it. Uh, my dad was a computer programmer, so he had a lot of like. I would often get the PC games like Pop Pot or Doom or Quake, and then we also had the Nintendo and uh, Super Nintendo. So I grew up like playing a lot of retro games, and I think my favorite's probably PlayStation. I I can't ever betray so many. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope, man. So. Like you said, um, you do a lot of retro stuff. And what's really cool is the retro space is becoming more and more popular. It was it was yeah. really niche um, before, but I'm seeing more content creators and 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 even more amazing, more black women in the space as well. And, and it really kind of opening it up. Um, yeah. If someone like me, right, I've been a gamer forever, yeah? One of my favorite consoles ever favorite retro console is no i'm lying it's not my favorite retro console it's my favorite underrated underdog retro console is the dreamcast love it i think the dreamcast is that like, model's underrated console if if me or someone else was like do you know what i want to become a collector i want to get into these retro games what would your advice be oh i'm not sure have a lot of money <laughs> okay <laughs> i feel like for retro collecting it really depends on like because there's a lot of different classics but i feel like they all appear appeal to like different audiences so somebody like me like i've never had any like sega uh dreamcast or anything like that but i if i had the money if i was like a big kingpin i'd probably spend like all my money on all of the uh, PlayStation greatest hits like Crash Bandicoot 2, Spyro, Medieval, just like that whole roster because those early games were very like influential in my budding love for gaming. Love it. All right. So you're a retro game. I know you play the new things. I'm a big, big PlayStation guy. And my favorite game, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 7 nice, is like one of the nice. most incredible games in my life. And when I, I remember watching it at E3 and then I was watching, I was like, wow, this was like, no, it can't be. No, it can't be. And then I saw Cloud and a Buster Sword. I was like, wow. And uh, what game, what retro game would you love to get full upgrade, full remastered? Like what game would be like amazing for you? Okay, for me, I think, uh, what is it? Uh, brave fencer musashi because it, it's a squaresoft title kind of square enix but it it's like a phenomenal game and i feel like it's just kind of been left in the dust they did have like a playstation 2 like spiritual successor but it just it didn't compare to the original at all <laughs> yeah that's 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 actually a a a, a big title like um kudos on on that one all right so <laughs> We've had some time off. Um, the world has been crazy for the last couple of years. Pandemic has changed everything. 
but it's kind of giving gamers a little bit more time to actually play some stuff be able to mm-hmm. play some of our backlogs and, and get some um time in what have you been playing recently recently i've been really partial to like single player games or couch multiplayers and okay i totally understand why it takes two got game of the year i went into that not expecting it to have as much variety as it did there's like so many different mini games but it's like okay first you're doing like first person shooter and then it turns into a top-down game it's it's really cool and i think anybody who doesn't have too much experience gaming they'll they'll get the same amount of pleasure out of it as an experienced gamer it's just great it takes two is incredible and i was blown away and i feel like it takes two didn't get the market in that a way out did and i think it's Mm -hmm. much better than a way out like i couldn't believe it when it became a dungeon crawler i was like wow this is dungeons and dragons like (laughs) i just never expected that i feel i feel like there's only two things for me that I felt a little lackluster, which probably made it a bit harder. I don't really like the character designs. I think the character designs uh, of the two main pro tags, yeah. I think could have been a lot better. If they were more kind of like Toy Story in your face, I think more yeah. people would have been a lot more excited about it. Um, I agree. Yeah, it was I, definitely trying to get that vibe. But at the same time, when you looked at the humans, it, there was a bit of like a mismatch there. So I understand. Yeah, yeah, it was a mad disconnect. But yeah, I think it's a really good game. And I think I was I was shocked that it won game in a year. But I completely understand because I think more than any game this year, probably the only game this year that's probably surprised me that much is Deathloop. Yeah. Um, I think anyone that went into it wasn't expecting very much and that doesn't happen in gaming anymore like we expect the world mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, i was like give me this give me that i want it now <laughs> yeah it's usually like, we're very it's... demanding as gamers <laughs> exactly so to get something that's just chill is cool all right raven you're at home yeah you're chilling mm-hmm. your phone's ringing you look at your phone and you're like what is this weird number i don't know this weird number and then the person on the other end is like, Raven, this is Warner Brothers, yeah? We've got 10 million sitting right now. We want you to pitch us a RoboCop game. What's oh. the game? <laughs> oh, RoboCop game. Oh, oh God, this is an elevator pitch. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's get into it. So the year is 2044. <laughs> And Robocop is back to save the day, except there is one twist. He ain't got no legs. That's it. He ain't got no legs. He ain't got no legs. They're gone. They're gone. I'm in shock. Come on, tell me more. Yep. Is this what type of yep. game is it? Are we a third-person shooter? Are we f- FPS? What, what FPS? What? But then it, it switches to platformer, where instead of legs, you just got like a little rocket down there. <laughs> And then when we shift to platformer, are we 2D or 3D platformers? Mm, 3D, 3D. This sounds crazy. Thank you. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'm risking my 10 million budget yeah, on it. Yeah, but... yeah. I think Warner Brothers might be like, uh, we'll talk to you uh, later. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, I think I think I called the wrong Raven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought this was that so Raven. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Super dope. So Tell me about some of your fondest memories when it comes to gaming. Like when I think about 
um my life in the industry like I started out mm. as a musician and I was in music for years and then I got into TV but I've been a gamer longer than I've done anything and games like The Legend of Zelda, Final Fantasy 7 um, they lit like um they have pinnacles in my life Mario Kart, GoldenEye what are some of the games that are like make up who you are as a as not even just as a creator just as a human being yeah um for me, there's actually a few games that have given me like that that sort of wholesome experience or something that like I carry with me in the rest of my work. But I think one of the biggest ones was when I was younger. I I lived in a household where I wasn't allowed to play a lot of scary games. You know, you don't want don't want to scare the little siblings and stuff like that. So <laughs> um, I remember when I asked my parents, I could finally get like more mature games. They brought me Shadow of the Colossus, and that game. I honestly like one day I'm gonna get a tattoo of like ballast the colossus like on my arm or something but it it's i i thought it was like a horror game but it didn't turn out to be that way so i went into it not really knowing what to expect and something about the fact that there's almost zero dialogue but something about the music and the atmosphere created more of a story narrative i think that's when i started to realize that games could be cinematic in that way and it always kind of stuck with me in the work that i do today it's a very great game super super dope so i actually missed it when it originally came round I don't know how but I completely missed it and I played the remaster and mm. I was like like this is mad like the the level of bigness of the, the the colossi and when you're climbing them and stuff but it's such a a manipulative game because you feel guilty every minute you're like like you yes. know you're doing something you're meant to be doing something right but it it has this guilt in you and even when you don't know what the big reveal is you just always feel like am i doing something like like every time i beat up bowser i don't care i never yeah. feel bad about beating like, up bowser that's it. yeah but there's kind of sounds like like do you think that was really integral in the game design i think so because you get sort of like this bittersweet feeling where like you know you're supposed to do this but you feel a lot of guilt as it's happening and i think the background music there the like cinematic score or like the the video game music behind it, it it's it's so beautiful because it really uh articulates what's going on without actually having to say it through the dialogue so as the game was sort of building up towards the end the way that the music changed i was like okay something's coming and i feel really sad right now <laughs> yeah the score the score is in incredible just like you said all right I've got a next question for you, putting you on the spot. So um, I've got friends um, who've got a podcast called The Burnout Writer Podcast, super dope. And they basically asked me to pitch them a um, a persona game. Like I love persona. I'm a big RPG guy. And I was like, the next persona I want is basically the French Prince of Bel-Air. So Will Smith is the pro tag and he's gone to a new school and all of the girls yeah. are like the thingy and like and then Uncle Phil, rest in peace. He's like, he he he's a ghost and he's tried to take you on the journey. And Will's dad, who's who was who was just horrible in the, the the show, is actually the evil protagonist that you're trying to beat. I want you to pitch me. Obviously, Uncle Phil, he's there, he's in the background, he's represented, he's looking down on us. Pitch me a um, French Prince of Bel-Air game. And Will needs to have legs. Just saying. 
only said what I'll say. You know what? I think a Fresh Prince of Bel Air game would do really well as kind of like like a life is strange slice of life dating simulator. Cause you know, Will, he's a bachelor. He's a bachelor in the beginnings. So it would be like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Will is in high school, you know, trying to pick up girls and like under the watchful eye of um, Uncle Phil. I almost said Dr. Phil, he wouldn't be in the game. <laughs> Uncle Phil comes in there and then Carlton gives him crappy advice and he's got like a little health and stamina bar when he lucks out with people. I just think that would be hilarious. I think that's a really good idea, actually. A life is strange kind of. I didn't even think of that. I think that would actually work perfect with different decisions and dating. Yeah, yeah that's And that's instead of cool. like the little D&D mini game that's in Life is Strange, it's like a little dance game because Will's always dancing and stuff. Yeah, I like that. I'm, and the music because, you know, Life is Strange is all about the audio. Oh, yeah. But would it be the power though? Because Life is Strange, you always got to have some type of power. Oh, that's true. That's true. Oh, Will's could be the power of persuasion because he always talks himself out of stuff. See, like I that. was thinking that, but I was thinking... <laughs> the power where he could rap and talk people into doing whatever he wants oh yeah yeah like what's that song kids don't parents don't understand or something like that <laughs> exactly just spit some bars and he talk yeah. somebody into a situation <laughs> so um too many games not enough time we as gamers as content creators we love video games but it feels like there's just too many there's loads and loads and loads what games from your backlog are a must for you to complete and have you completed near yet near no i have not that's actually on my backlog it was like this weird time in the summer where i was trying different things like that's the summer that i finished to try become human and by the way that's a pretty good game i, I know people are kind of like 50 50 about it but i i personally really liked it that, so that's on the backlog uh there was also um ghost of tsushima which i played the first like hour of and okay that's a game that you could really like clock a bunch of hours in by yourself and i'm excited to like finish that probably like february or something but one game that i'm having a lot of trouble with is the sims 4 <laughs> i just realized i'm not a good interior designer <laughs> all right firstly detroit become human is so sick it is a really yeah. really good game and the the struggle of like 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 obviously being um a black person in life like we've always had to face racism and face discrimination and stuff like that and that whole game is that premise of of mm -hmm. that and it's done in such a great way ghost of shishima you have to complete that game is incredible like it's i always say it's the best assassin's creed ever made I know. Honestly, anything from Sucker Punch, Naughty Dog, or Insomniac is like really top tier for me. So I'm excited to finish that. Yeah, it's incredible. Play PlayStation first parties. Don't play around. Yes. Don't mention Days Gone. Days Gone was bad. <laughs> but yeah, other than Days Gone, like PlayStation first party, do not mess around. They are incredible. You know what's really funny? I love The Sims. Like, I love The Sims. I spend so much time on The Sims exactly the same as you i am trash at interior yeah. design i'll play i'll make characters with stuff like that and then i'll give it to my missus and i'm like can you put in all <laughs> of the little bits like i i, I can't i can't do it yeah I, I think we just need to watch more tutorials because there's so many cool things it's like animal crossing i could play animal crossing for hours but when it comes to like making my nest look amazing i just 
I'll just have like a plant over there and like a little poster at the side. <laughs> Do you know what I love about Sims though? I don't make any content. Sims is oh. literally for me to just play. Like I will never in my life make a video. I'm not doing any content for oh, it. It's yeah. literally, it's yeah. my, oh, it's probably the one game that's fully escapism. There's nothing to do with my career. Like Sims has got nothing. The only thing it's got to do with my career is that I get hookups from EA from it because yeah. of what I do. But I refuse to do any content for it because it's just a way for me to escape from exactly what, yeah what you don't want it to feel like it's work when it's something that you use to like escape and relax exactly and and you kind of lose that oh raven i could speak to you all day but we're running out of time like we're such a short form podcast thingy but um like i said your documentary was really really cool i felt like you put so much work in and i love those kind of um, well-produced, um, long-form content. And what you're doing is incredible. Just really shortly and really quick, if you wanted to give anyone advice who's coming up, who loves what you do and kind of be like, look, I'd love to be in a space like that. And I'd love to kind of create the way you do. Not giving away your secrets, but just <laughs> what advice will you give to up and coming? I think probably if you want to get into content creation, Make sure it's a subject that you're super passionate about and that you have a fascination with so that you can do those deeper dives. And don't worry if it's like something nobody's heard before. I think at the end of the day, if it's something that you're really passionate about, then the work will speak for itself and then people people will come. People <laughs> will come. And that's it. She's been incredible. Please go and check out her content. Um, check out all the videos. And I've been talking about the documentaries, but there's loads of stuff over there that's incredible. You got amazing reviews, you got rewinds, you got deep dives, you got it all, fam. You get me? Like the content is a one. So go and check it out. Um, where can people find you on social media? Yep, you can find me at youtube.com slash C slash Bob Dunga92. And the same thing on Twitter and Instagram. Yep, she's I don't know, she's on the gram. She got you can't see it right now, but she's got the big hair, fam. You need to see the big hair. You need to watch the videos <laughs> with the big hair. She's repping the big hair out here. Thank you so much for staying to the end of the video. If you have, you are the MVPs. Now, remember, if you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment, leave a like, a thumbs up. If you are listening to us on one of those podcast services, man, I don't know which one, make sure you give us a five-star review. I've been Mr. Midas. You've been the MVP and she's been that's so raven we out of here peace